What is going on, everybody? Welcome to today's news tonight. I'm finally back in the hosting seat. I've moved around in my Discord. I'm in the lower left now, I guess. Some of y'all are freaking out about that, but I am here. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-founders in Good Vibes Gaming, Ash Paulson in the upper left, Derek Bittner in the upper right, and our special guest directly to my right here, the one and only Tim Gettys. How you doing today, What's up, sir? Everybody, I'm doing fantastic. I am so happy to be here with you guys. Like this is this has been a long oh, time coming. Having uh, been able to talk to you guys about video games, this is my first time actually uh, meeting Derek up there. So this yeah. is, this should be fun. But but you two, I had one of my <laughs> honestly favorite video game moments of my entire life uh, with you two wow. gentlemen in oh, wow. New York when we oh. got to go do the preview for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And oh, yes. um, oh yeah. It was so fun because we got to go play the game. We we got to go afterwards. Like we were only there to play the game for like two hours. So then after that, we were just in New York with nothing to do. And so we just went to a bar. We were all hanging out, drinking, and we uh. spent all night together just talking about video games and like reminiscing and being nostalgic and like talking to you guys about video games is a memory that I just will always cherish. Like there was <laughs> such an energy, such a love and a passion with that whole thing that I'm like I, I love this. I love that you guys are doing this. Congrats to, to all of you for the success you've had so far. And uh, if I get to be a, even a small part of it, I am extremely excited about it. Oh, man. Well, thank you well, so that much. Means... That's so incredibly kind. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I will admit so that much. is... I, I forget what it feels like to go to a bar and just have some drinks, man. I miss that. It's weird, right? <laughs> God, it's crazy yeah, to think too. about. <laughs> and that indeed is is one of my favorite press trips as well that I've ever taken. Any, any sort of game industry-related trips that I've taken, that is... Like you said, Tim, one of my number one favorites. I'll always look back on that trip incredibly fondly for all those drinks and fun memories we shared after getting to preview Smash Ultimate, which was already yeah, which was the, insane. the greatest reason to go take any preview trip. I was so mm-hmm. excited. My, yeah. my and, only uh, press yeah. trips I ever got to enjoy was uh, going up to New York for post-E3 press trips where I was able to get a little bit more footage of the stuff that was at, at E3. And you never saw anybody else. It was just go play around for a little bit and then leave. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I didn't meet any other people. It was literally me going like taking the train up in the morning, doing my preview, taking the train back at e- that evening. Just, yeah. you know, six was, hours of travel well, in one go. You know, that's actually a, a good point about this though. Is like when it comes, I've been to countless events at this point uh, in, in my career. I'm lucky enough to have been in them. And you know, a lot of people treat it that way and do that. And, and it really takes somebody kind of reaching out and being like, Hey, I know you. Like, I think that the mm-hmm. industry for so long has been afraid to be collaborative and like, like be friendly even. Mm-hmm. And there's the other side of it of people that are, they're just kind of scared about it. It's not like they're actively trying to be malicious about it or trying to like have clicks or anything. But like I, what I've always loved and I, I felt we're so lucky, uh, you know, I've kind of been, I don't want to say born and raised. That's not right. But like I've professionally grown up with Greg Miller. And if there's one thing that I've learned from him, it's like, be nice to people like like mm, introduce yourself you. say yeah. hi yep. and like you know like let's let's know what everyone else in the space is doing and like again we all hung out and we're able to talk about games for hours and it's just like yeah every <laughs> single person at that event could have been in that conversation and it would have been just additive right like i i just think it's a it's an important thing it's a, an important note to everybody it's just like there's always someone who it's their first day at school be nice to them you know like mm-hmm. go go out of yeah. your way to like make them feel welcome and it, it goes a long way and it's not just uh to to better them it's to better the, the, the whole you know the, the entire ecosystem so yeah i i That's know yeah. like been in this for how long and i'm still nervous to like see somebody uh like oh i know them oh, i don't want to bug them i'm not going to talk to them i just you know i don't want to be a bother <laughs> so i don't 
approach. So this show is a right. good way to sort of get me out of that um, shell because there's a, there are some people I've talked to, but there's a lot I haven't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm so glad you didn't you didn't uh, have that thought process when you sat next to me at that uh, faded Pokemon X and Y. Well, you were just table, happened to be right next to me, so it's just one of those yeah. things where like uh, I, I fought with myself for a little while. I right. will say that. But it is so true what you said, Tim. I mean, that's what we're all about here. Obviously, good vibes, gaming, just kindness, being being kind and inclusive to people, and that is one of the things I, one of the many things I love about Greg is is that that shines through so clearly for him how, how just approachable and how humble and kind he is. And if we were all like that, I think we'd all be a lot happier. Just Amen, all, man. We're, we're, mm-hmm. the four of us here are like that. But I think if everybody in the world were like that, we'd all be a lot happier. So. Totally. I, I can't yeah. remember if I told this story before on uh, TNT, but I, I did meet Greg Miller years ago, back before I even started Game Explain, because I was doing uh, blogs when I part of the IGN blogs, and he got a whole group of people from that uh, that he was part of as well to do like a preview thing on Mafia Two, I think it was. Oh wow! Just just to oh. like, hey, here's what fans think of this event in PAX, uh, the first mm-hmm. PAX East, and check out this. And I was one of that one of the people in that group, and. Uh, took it serious you know try to take it as seriously as possible like all right here you go it's like because i was trying to make it into the industry at that point so right yeah by by the way before we move on too much steve uh several people in the chat have pointed out that you and tim are need to be horizontally flipped uh especially tim with this awesome marvel studio style kind of funny (laughs) Uh, that's funny make sure we can yeah (laughs) shout out to discord it has a mind of its own it really does. does it does so uh, re- real quick, one thing I want to point out, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Kind of Funny is based in San Francisco, and I've been I've been to the studio once. I was I was on a couple of their shows uh, when I happened to be out in town, uh, and it's a great experience. I absolutely uh, love doing content with oh, you so guys fun. over at Kind of Funny, uh, but I've actually RIP, spent more by the time way. hanging out with you yeah. on the East Coast. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. kind of funny or what? what? No, R.I.P. the studio. It doesn't oh, exist the studio. anymore. Oh, that makes it's more gone. sense. I'm like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> that, that, that studio, the studio that you both have been at yep. uh, is is gone what? now. Yeah, because we, we... My heart! Yeah. I mean, in one way, oh. yes. In another way, my wallet, thank God. Uh, because sure. what happened was Corona, as we all know. Mm. But last January, we actually announced that we're moving into a, a, yeah. a warehouse, like a big warehouse, oh, bigger cool. and better. It's going to be awesome cool except for the fact that that meant that we were like okay for a couple months we're gonna have two leases and then corona happened two months later then we we've been spending money on two leases for the last in san francisco for the last uh year plus but as of december uh we will never see that studio again it's pretty sad we never even got to say goodbye but uh, but mm. we had some great memories there. You guys were there, so so you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I you're right, though. I, I did spend way more time with you in New York than yeah. uh, uh-huh. when you were actually there. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you were out the day that I dropped by the studio, and yeah, yeah. I remember I was talking to because uh, Blessing and I have been friends ever since the kind of funny Intersight Championship. We we mm-hmm. got paired together, and we were just talking mad shit to each other. And I ended up edging him out, and then choking in the finals and losing. Uh, but he and I became friends after that. And when he joined Kind of Funny, I was, you know, we, we did a couple videos together after that. And I was like, man, I was like, you must be so excited. I was like, I love Kind of Funny. It's one of my favorite outlets. And he was like, yeah. He's like, it just sucks that I got there. And then we all had to go home. <laughs> yeah, dude. He <laughs> like, was, was in the studio for like 
literally three months, not even, and then had to, to oh, work from home. But tragic. you know what? Hey, we're all dealing with it. It's, it is what it is. But yeah. at least we have this. You know, at least we can talk to each other. Yeah, absolutely. There's options. And, uh, I just can't wait till we can all travel and see each other at conventions again oh, and, and, and shows and such and I like mean, events. Like, my, my mom has been kind of like, oh, you know, are you sure about the vaccine? Do you feel safe about it? And I'm like, you know what? If a third arm or a second head is is the price I have to pay to be able to travel again and go see people I care about and see my friends and meet fans, yes. Let get How many veins do you need? I'll have one here, here, as many inoculations <laughs> we'll, as you want. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, uh, it's funny, Ash. I, I, this probably isn't fully true, but it's close to true. You are one of the last guests to ever be at Kind of Funny. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Because, or at that studio, because you came for the Sonic the Hedgehog premiere. Uh, I did. And it was that. I also came for Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I did a, a preview discussion with you guys. Yes. But, but, um, the, but Sonic the Hedgehog was February. Yes. Which yeah, was right, right so before March. Twice. Right. Okay. So, right, like, yeah. you you were seriously like one of the last you guests to come in. to the studio. Yeah. That's wild. Wow. Because you you were on our uh, reaction content to some Xbox showcase. I don't even remember what it was. But anyways, we're getting right. off topic. Yeah. Enough yeah. reminiscing from me. All right. <laughs> Before we jump into the news, we do have a sponsor for today's episode. Uh, this episode, like so many before, is sponsored by Straight Lace and The Soul Device. Uh, however, this specific ad read is for his YouTube channel. Uh, he, Soul, oh, excuse me, Straight oh, Lace what? writes, if you, if you like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, game design, Minecraft, or laughing, who doesn't like laughing, then it might be worth your time to check out Straight Lace's YouTube channel. Straight Lace spent the last couple of years making videos and the mobile game, Dragalia Lost, but stopped playing in early January and is now shifting Xeno Gears and is going to be releasing <laughs> a new How to Play series on the Blades of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. However, unlike most guides, he'll be completely ignoring optimization and focus on the personality and traits of each character when delving into their kit, mainly just seeking to make a fun series to watch. Also in the works are developer updates for Straight Lace's ongoing development of the Soul Device 2 and the mechanics that are going to be present in the game as Straight Lace continues to design them. Finally, Straight Lace is getting back into Minecraft and will be streaming it with his friends in a very overmodded pack. <laughs> Join him over at youtube.com slash C slash Straight Lace to check out what he's up to. There will be a link down in the description if you're watching this on YouTube later on, and a link will be going up in the chat shortly. All right. That's awesome. So thank All you, right. thank Straight you. Lace, for your continued support of the channel, man. We appreciate you so much. It's great to uh, great to be able to... Uh, shine a light on your youtube channel today i haven't checked out your game yet i'm going to very soon but there's like a million things to do every day it feels like uh speaking mm -hmm. of things to do however we have a lot of news to talk about this, this evening as well so let's go ahead and jump right into our first story and that is that sonic is getting a lego kit i'm so fucking hyped for this <laughs> me too like, i'm so ready to talk about this here's my thought i'm i'm shocked it didn't already have a lego kit because i'm it, it was in lego dimensions sonic didn't have legos before that what? right they had yeah. a, a lego i think they had a sonic minifig minifig yeah there was like because right. 
the the dimensions uh, would have the like the little just the figure kits that would come with just like a figure and like a couple little accessories, but it wasn't like a full on thing. So mm-hmm. this is the first time we're actually getting uh, Green Hill Zone, which makes so much sense. Uh, it being the Sonic Mania version, though, I think is the 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 bigger news here. Like that's yeah, kind yeah. like I I'd imagine it being Sonic the Hedgehog. Green Hill Zone, cool, but this is very much the the Mania version where we get to see the 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 kind of the the Studioopolis robot and all that. I, I'm playing. It's been a while since I played the game, but um, there, there's characters that are very clearly Mania inspired. In addition to Robotnik, Sonic Two, boss, the the boss robot, which is awesome. The Death Egg yes. robot, yeah, I love this so much. And actually, I'm about to post a link in the chat for everybody. This same designer who is bringing this to, who is helping to bring this to life also did a chemical plant zone concept that looks equally cool that is not being made. That one's not being made officially, but you got to check this out. Oh, wow. She did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. wow. So oh, just check out that link dang. in the uh, chat. But uh, th- and, and by the way, shout-outs to LEGO Ideas member Viv Granel, uh, a.k.a. Toaster Girl, who's th- this is her idea. She's the one responsible for making this happen with Sega and uh, LEGO. The purple bottom for the chemical right? plant zone is right. so it's subtle and perfect. I love it's it, perfect. man. Yeah. Now, I do this does lead me to a very important question though, and that is where the hell is Sonic Mania 2? Like I, I yes. know that yes. the world has been put into to the place that it's at and, and Sega and Sonic and there's a lot of like a lot of noise there, right? But Sonic Mania was a hit. It sold well. It reviewed well. The fans loved it. It was kind of just like every single area vertical that is necessary was like two thumbs up. Let's go. And then it just, it's been nothing. You know, last year, if I remember correctly, they said that they were going to every month was going to be some type of Sonic announcement. Yeah. And we got like nothing from that. Again, the pandemic kind of delayed all those ideas. And Adam Davis in the in the chat does mention uh, people are interpreting T. Lopes as teasing it, but there's a whole litany of things he could tease. I you know I yeah. I have no yeah. idea. I mean, all all I know is that it you know if and when Sonic Mania two does happen, I hope that's what teased is teasing teasing because to <laughs> me there is no Sonic Mania two without T. Lopes. Oh, he has not to at be all. The yeah, he oh. has to do it. And uh, you know, guys, we're we're living in the best timeline where we are of the age now where and this is actually hilarious to bring up <laughs> with Ash because we are living in the the best timeline where the classic things that we grew up loving are are now being made by people like us. So it's like things like Ninja Turtles. It's just yeah. like we have now been able to see Ninja Turtles go from what we knew it as in the '80s to being kind of reborn multiple times for different generations. And a lot of the people behind those projects are people that are like-minded like us that were fans back then and to me sonic mania is the best example of a video game uh that was purely made by fans of the original work like Mm. that is like there's it's no surprise that sonic mania is as good as it is those people love sonic games right and you look at other sonic games that that aren't as good and you're kind of like well those are the people that have made sonic games for a long time and don't really get it anymore you know yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting right. once, um, more three D. You know, people come be- become better at three D Sonic development, and it, it, you're starting to see more and more of that as time goes on, and what people can achieve with that. Because all of a sudden, we're gonna see a lot of reinterpretations of what 
Sonic can be in 3D as well as what what you can do with him in 2D. And thankfully, Sega has fostered a really good modding community and fan creation community for Sonic. And I think that's just bred developers like this and made Sonic Mania what it is to the fact that they, you know, base it for a Lego set because... Who would have guessed the hard-boiled heavies would get in before right. you know, they, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, yeah. all that that was yeah. featured in the LEGO Dimension stuff? <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, it makes sense to me uh, in a in a big way because I think a lot of people, myself included, kind of got exhausted of the 3D Sonic universe. All the, all the shit that they added on top of what made Sonic good. And Sonic Mania kind of stripped all that away and brought Sonic back to his roots. What worked so well on the Genesis, and like Tim said, you know, people that were fans of the old games that kind of intrinsically understood what made them tick and had the technical know-how to make a game that fit, you know, that fit with what we kind of all miss, or at least me personally as a Sonic right. fan, what I missed. I think Sonic Mania, I mean, it's it's up there. It might be my very favorite Sonic game. Oh, and that's saying it's, something. I, th- I think it's mine. It's yeah. easily my favorite, and that's coming yeah. from somebody that, like, unironically love Sonic games, like specifically yeah, the, the older 2D ones. It's like I two and three, specifically three. Like the, I can talk about Sonic. I, I would still put three above Mania personally, but go ahead. Oh, really? <laughs> but, but I love that. I mean, I think that there is a debate like that. That is a conversation yeah. like but It's a similar conversation to me as Donkey Kong Country 2 or Tropical Freeze. Where yeah, I'm right. like, they're both yeah. so good. I, yeah. I can totally see an argument either way. Like they, they are though in a different league. The thing that I want to see from a Sonic Mania Two, besides there just being a Sonic Mania Two, I'll take whatever they give me. Uh, but <laughs> Blessing and I were talking about this. What I think would be really cool is Sonic Mania One was about fifty-fifty new stages and looking back at old stages and slightly remixing them to be. You know, a little more surprising than the, just the same Green Hill Zone we've done a million times. Oh, here's the Death Egg robot that you're fighting at the at the end, right? Like, things like that. I want to see a Sonic Mania take on Sonic Generations. And by that, I mean, I want 50% of the levels to be levels we've seen before, 50% new. But the ones we've seen before to be 3D levels that are then translated mm. into 2D. Mm. But not 2D in the way Generations did it. 2D in the Sonic Mania, pixel yeah. art, T-Lopes oh, music, all of that. 100%. Yes. That yeah. would drive me crazy. I'd, I'm here for that. That is. That, that would be amazing. sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, that just opens up so many possibilities in terms of what you could do with 3D Sonic Zones reinterpreted in that in that you know cl- that mania format that classic mm-hmm. 2d genesis format um they're j- and and not, even if they didn't do that i mean the fact that that mania wasn't is as incredible as it is and it was eight returning zones versus four new zones and those four new zones were fantastic especially press yep. garden so like let this team oh yeah stretch their creative wings and even if they can't do i love your uh, your generations idea tim but even if they can't do that let's just get a mania 2 that is or or use the original code name for Mania One, Sonic Discovery. Make it all new zones, mm. all new zones. Let them stretch their creative wings and go just crazy with it, right? I just feel like they can make something so. Well, obviously they can make something incredible because they already have with Mania, <laughs> but they could do it again, and yep. it could be all new zones. And God, and and uh, as Evernight Studio says in the chat, one of those new zones should be the Good Vibe Zone. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, Tim, but I, I was actually I'm lucky enough to be like buddies with T Lopes, and so I reached out to him, and he created Good Vibes Gaming's music theme, like our Shut channel's up. theme. Shut up! Yep. Yeah, oh it, my god, yeah. that is yeah. so. 
See, and that's why I love Very you guys, lucky. man. You guys are in. You know, you know what's up. T Loves is the dude. I am such a big fan of him, man. Like me like, too. He, that's that's mm. great. That's so cool. Good for you guys. And yeah, I was so flattered when he agreed to do our our musical theme. And so yeah, even Etienne O'Ben said, "What if T Loves slipped the GVG motif into a level of Sonic Mania 2? Yeah, my life would be complete if that happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. You, guys, you would be Sonic Cannon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but this is all to say, I really, really, really freaking want this uh, Lego set. I don't even, I'm not a Lego guy. I don't even want the Mario sets. I want this, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the Mario yeah. sets are meant to be played with. I'm more interested in Legos that you display. And exactly. this looks more like the kind of Legos you display. Like, I will totally get Mario Lego sets once they give me Peaches or Bowser's Castle. I don't want to play with them and have these sort of stripped down levels where I got to use my imagination. I want the figures. And yeah, exactly. forget imagination. I don't need that. <laughs> Screw my imagination. I don't need that. <laughs> all right, y'all. So, I, I think we've we've we all agree we want a Son- Sonic Lego sets are cool, but we all really want Sonic Mania too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, that is for damn sure. And I'll also take a Sonic Adventure three while we're at it. I, oh I actually God. ironically oh, yeah, enjoy three D yeah. Sonic as well. Uh, at least when three D Sonic isn't terrible or really bad, like Forces. Like when it's good three D Sonic, hell yeah. And yeah, that gets complicated. 3D Sonic, I'm with you where I un- unironically enjoy it. I don't think it's actually good. And I yeah. think that that's okay. That's a, except for Generations. You know, generations are inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, inconsistent yeah. is true. And, like, the thing is, Adventure 1 and 2, if I'm being honest, are games that are better in my past than they are now. I, ne- I never want to play sure. them again. There's no way that they're good. <laughs> There's no way. But I want an Adventure 3. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I still no. do. I'm with I'm with you on that. Adventure three would be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that, I didn't think we'd get that much out of Sonic Legos. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit surprised. But but again, I, I never guess I shouldn't be surprised because we opened this show talking about how much we could just talk to Tim about whatever. So yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it's not a huge shocker there. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to our next story. I, and this one honestly shocked the hell out of me so uh nintendo as you all know recently announced their uh quarterly sales uh animal crossing racking up 31.18 million copies sold just just coming up on mario kart it seems like the next time we hear about these sales numbers that animal crossing will be the number one switch game worldwide but that isn't the headline the headline is that 9.19 million of those animal crossing copies were sold just in japan making it the best-selling game ever in the country, which, holy oh, shit. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One, Overtaking I, Pokemon Red and Green. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that the bar for all-time sales in Japan would be way higher. Yeah. I mean, I, nine, nine million is not a huge that, number. No. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. And the crazy thing is it overtook, overtook the, the original Red and Blue. Um which red well red and green in, the, in Japan, which are usually counted together, so that makes it even more impressive. Yeah, it, it is. It really, I yeah. owned one of my first import games ever was a Japanese copy of Pokemon Green. And wow! I, I my just, first import game ever was Pokemon Gold. Oh, nice, wow. nice. Yeah. yeah, I picked up Pokemon Green, and then I ended up getting Pokemon Silver later on. And <laughs> mind you, I didn't know a lick of japanese at the time so i was just <laughs> neither did i playing dude that was my my Same. introduction to to game facts was so what happened was i was like 
I was eight when Pokemon came out uh, in America, and obviously I was in love with it, like everyone was. And when uh, Gold and Silver were announced, it was like the coolest thing in the world. We're like, oh my god, we're getting more of this. There's a hundred more of these things, <laughs> and I'll never forget going to my Pokemon Cord pokemon card store and i looked down and they had the japanese cartridges of gold and silver and this was before nice. my i realized games came out earlier in japan like i mm-hmm. i never <laughs> understood that concept i was eight and then i saw it and i was like oh my god i told my dad i'm like i need this and uh <laughs> he was like all right and talked to them and we ended up getting it for twenty dollars oh my god I, I, I didn't, didn't realize this until way later it's a bootleg like fake oh. copy. Oh. It is the game, okay. but it is bootleg. Like the cartridge is gray. It's not colored. It is like the okay. sticker on it is like definitely printed on. But when you're little, you don't know. But it was in right. Japanese. And obviously I couldn't understand it. But that was when I learned about Game Facts. And uh, <laughs> I went to the website, looked at all the walkthroughs, and I would literally just follow the walkthrough along as I played. And eventually I don't know how to read Japanese, but I would understand, oh, that I, that little character, that means Pokeball. Okay, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> little kids are kind of smart. They put yeah, some they, things they yeah. I lot. beat that game, man. <laughs> I wish awesome. I could dig it up. I had a little journal where I would write down the kana symbols like as best i could right i had no clue what the hell they were yeah. and then i would like write little you know translations for what they meant and so i would sit there with like my little reference but after a while i i realized i had just kind of visually memorized what some mm-hmm. of these things were and i was like mm. I, I i was playing i had no clue what the hell i was doing but i managed to make it through the story of the game and i was like oh that must be the ending that's i love it that's cool <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but same thing crazy. i was on game facts just looking yeah. up I, that that's how i would figure out where to go and then i mm-hmm. okay <laughs> but animal crossing new horizons taking over i mean like that's it's crazy like th- these numbers are insane the switch numbers this year are, are utterly ridiculous especially given a year that like in all honesty was kind of weak com- comparatively to any of the switch's other years for yeah. hardcore nintendo fans right right uh to start with animal crossing throughout the year we got Paper Mario, we got uh, Hyrule Warriors, uh, we got Xenoblade, but when you compare that to any of the other years, it's 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 kind of lacking, you know. Uh, yeah. But they didn't care because they had Animal Crossing, and this is proof. Like overtaking Pokemon Red and Green in Japan is insane. I, I, I'm with you, Steve. That like these numbers aren't the most impressive sounding to me when you actually like dial it out of like, wait, the highest selling game in Japan was only 9 million. But then when you think about it, where it's like even some of the highest scoring selling PlayStation exclusives of all time worldwide only sell 13 million, whatever. It's like, damn, that's mighty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, You're you're absolutely right. It's weird to think about how the scale of some of these, because you know, for example, Chrono Trigger. You think about the just the how ubiquitous it is. Everybody loves Chrono Trigger. It's cited as one of the most you know best games of all time, and I don't think its sales numbers are that huge. Yeah, I think it's like maybe two million in its entire lifetime. Wow, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I mean, it certainly it did fine. It did well for itself, but it's not a. Yeah, it didn't break the sales charts. Certainly not. And yeah, that's that's a really good point. And. Speaking of Animal Crossing, I wish I wasn't burned out on it because I feel like I'm just I, I feel like I'm missing out on this cultural sensation where I should be enjoying New Horizons like clearly so much of the world is. It is the best selling game in Japan of so all time good. now. 
But I just I, I have burned out on the series. I've mentioned this before, and and I've I've thought many times about just trying to dive back in anyway and, and get New Horizons, but I just don't really have any interest. So hats off to the game. I guess it's just it, it's run its course for me. But hats off to New Horizons. It certainly yeah. one one has, thing I want to yeah. point out in the chat, uh, which is some helpful context on Animal Crossing's Japanese performance. They're mentioning that the Japanese population is somewhere in the neighborhood of 126 million meaning that uh, one in around 12 people in the entire country has this game, which when you wow. when you frame it like that, that makes that a whole lot context. of sense. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is bonkers. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, just to have a little bit more clarification on the Chrono Trigger thing, uh, the worldwide sales of Chrono Trigger on SNES was 2.3 million. Here's the crazy part. <laughs> the 2 million is from just Japan. In North America, America, it only sold basically 300,000 really? copies. Whoa! Is that, that that's, is just that's just SNES? That's just SNES. Okay. But if you go yeah. of all the re-releases, SNES, PS1, DS, and all that, its worldwide sales are about 4 million, while North America makes up only 900,000 for Chrono Dude. Trigger. Okay, that, that, that sounds like the figure I'm familiar with. Yeah, 900K. That's... that's that's crazy wild. for as well-loved as it is. Yeah. That Man, means... Like, video games have grown so much. Like, it's insane to think about. And, like, I think Animal Crossing, when you when you t- think about that, that Chrono Trigger is where it's at sales-wise, and you look at Animal Crossing, what it's done in one year. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Pokemon Red and Green. Those games sold insane numbers, not just year one, but continuously for multiple years japan or otherwise and animal crossing still has not even been out for an entire calendar year Mm-mm. yeah it's just gonna yeah. keep growing you it's know probably yeah. gonna surpass mario kart 8 deluxe it's oh almost it's probably gonna That's... hit the top this, this is weird to me when i think about the fact that that Mega Man 11 has, has sold 1.3 million <laughs> copies worldwide and and so it's weird to me to think that Mega Man 11 has outsold Chrono Trigger. I mean, obviously, I love Mega Man, and Mega Man 11 is a great game. But ha- that sold Chrono Trigger. Like, that's just but, weird to me to think. I that. mean, that's. But, I don't think that's yeah. necessarily a, a fair comparison. It, but it goes back to what Tim was saying. Video games have just grown so much right. since Chrono right. Trigger was, you know, new. Uh, mm-hmm. So many more people are playing, and that's one of the things. And, and I've said this before that I love about Animal Crossing is it's the game I can talk about with my mom. You know, it's mm. I can talk about it with my sister, my dad, all of them have it and mm. and not through the usual, you know, when my family becomes interested in a game, usually I'm the guy they call. Like, hey, tell me about this game. They didn't even bother with me this time. They just went out <laughs> and bought a bunch of switches and got Animal Crossing and hey, you know, I'm getting texts from my mom. Here's my switch friend code. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I love that. Uh, I but love yeah, that. It, it's great. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm so happy. Anytime I find out somebody, especially somebody I've known a long time that historically hasn't played games before, picks up a console or gets into it, I, I get just so excited for them because there's so much stuff that, you know, those of us that grew up around games have experienced. We've got decades worth of memories with games, but these folks are getting into it for the first time. And in a way I'm envious because there's so much stuff for them to choose from, right. to experience, to have fun with. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I love it when, when new people start to play just because there's, there's so much that I, I want to share with those folks. I mean, that's why we do stuff like this, right? <laughs> totally yeah, share our exactly. with other people. 
my mom's not into games at all, and and she actually did bring up Animal Crossing to me. She never brings up games to me. I, I'll send her my you know my reviews and stuff to watch just because she likes supporting my work, but she doesn't play games or really care about them. And but she brought up Animal Crossing to me and was actually interested in checking it out until I told her that she would have to buy a Switch for it. She's like, "Oh wait, I have to buy. I can't just play it on my phone." I'm like, "No, right. I mean you can, but Pocket Camp is not the same thing. Yeah. So no, yeah. you really can't." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, so that that stopped her. She wasn't in, interested enough to buy a Nintendo Switch for it, but the, that even infiltrated her consciousness to where she was like, "What is this Animal Crossing thing I've heard so much about?" Um, so yeah, it, it is truly uh, amazing what Animal Crossing has managed to accomplish, not just in terms of New Horizons sales, but just the way it has become such a cultural phenomenon. And uh, but despite all this, remember, never forget, Nintendo's doomed. They've they've been doomed since 1996. <laughs> so none of the, these sales don't matter. They're still doomed, right? So they, true. So everybody true. always forgets about the Nintendo War Chest that they are right. set to go for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I'm, I'm not yeah, worried about no, that. I've, I've, that's, that's been the running gag since like the N64's launch, yeah. right? The Nintendo's mm-hmm. always doomed. Always. Oh, of course. Speaking yeah. of doom, <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> our, our next kind story of. Is, uh, is kind of along those lines. So uh, this comes via way of Jeff Keighley on Twitter. Uh, during an earnings call, Activision Blizzard said it does not expect Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4 to launch in 2021. I don't know about y'all, but this does not surprise me, like, at all. No, I honestly kind <laughs> no. of forgot that Overwatch 2 was a thing. Yeah, uh, the Over- I- Overwatch 2 is the more interesting one to me. Diablo, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised at all. Overwatch 2, I am not surprised at this, but if I had to bet would Overwatch 2 come out this year or next, I would have said this year. I think so, And I think too. it would have been close. Yeah. Well, it might have been the, a the Overwatch 2 COVID situation. Go- Totally. Well, that, yeah. But like the Overwatch two situation is weird because from what we've seen and from what Blizzard has told us, it's not necessarily a completely overhauled brand new game. It's it's essentially they're building off of Overwatch one, correct? So right. that's true. But from what I've heard, and a lot of this is totally like uh, I'm not trying to confirm anything here. Just things that I've sure, heard is that sure. is right. that there is a lot more of single player focus in this one and and that there ah. are some type of story modes and they're trying to turn the Overwatch world into something that is uh a bit more accessible to I mean I don't know all of your gaming taste but just making some assumptions here I don't think any of us are the hardcore like online <laughs> multiplayer guys no not nah, really and that's smash. what always shocked me with overwatch because they have these interesting stories and characters yeah. and backstories yeah. Yeah. and then you just shoot each other in the multiplayer mode it's like what's the point yeah like, it's and, cool but and i and i think i don't know if you guys have kept up or watched any of their uh the overwatch uh or overwatch 2 uh trailers and cg animatics that like, they're amazing and the the announcement trailer for overwatch 2 i love overwatch despite it like being a game that i'm not normally into because of what you just said like i, I would much <laughs> rather the characters and the story and all that stuff than the the multiplayer right. side of it um but the overwatch 2 announcement trailer is avengers portal level hype like it is uh-huh. extremely nice. well done and i'm like oh man if they're making me care about these characters that I don't know much about. Like if they can give me a story, a campaign mode to back that up. Like I think that would win a lot of the us's over to add to the already insane uh, audience that overwatch has. Mm. 
I I could not agree more. Uh, one of the things right. that I've always said about Overwatch is that it seems to have all this really cool lore about it, but you have to go find it outside of the game, which to me is just it, it makes me less interested in the game and more interested in when they post a new video or, or put something yep. out about the characters. If that stuff they found a way to roll that into the game. I might actually pick it up and play. I own Overwatch. I bought it with my own money. Um, mm-hmm. Same. And, but it's the gameplay just didn't grab me because it's not, Same. like you yeah. said, Tim, it's just not my kind of game. And I get that there's tons of people that love this. Uh, but if they could find a way to roll all that compelling narrative stuff into the actual product, then I'll, I would be all in on Overwatch 2. I would, I would definitely play it at least for the story. And then, you know, who knows? <laughs> multiplayer will probably yeah, never yeah, work well, for me. Multiplayer and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Michael McCall in chat says, uh, suggests that Overwatch 2 and uh, Diablo 4 were announced super early to divert attention from the whole controversy they were going through at the time, which I kind of forget what that controversy was because there's a lot surrounding Activision and Blizzard. So it was, was like, when, that? The, when they did not announce Diablo 4 and instead announced Diablo, the mobile game. Yeah, oh, Diablo right. Immortal. Did that come right. out? Right. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, it, it came. Uh, at le- it's at least. Don't quote me on this, but it is out in some early access form, and people are really digging it. All right. uh, is is, is what I, what I've been hearing hearing from all yeah. this. Odd Doodle in the chat says it's like learning the plot of your GI Joe, and I think that that is such a good way to put it. Where it's like, mm-hmm. yes, you have so much fun banging these action figures together, but what if those figures actually had a story behind them, and that's what the cartoons are for? Same thing with Transformers mm-hmm. toys, same things, whatever. Over or not overcooked, <laughs> Overwatch. Same idea here. It's like people have fun playing this game with these characters, but what if we gave the characters more? Like, what if like there was actual stakes involved? And and I think, I think that's what they're going to be trying to trying to give us with this. You know, it's been a long yeah. time since Blizzard's really focused on that side of things, and uh, we've we know they can do it. We know they have it in them. So I imagine that's what's taking longest. Yeah, well, I was ready to run time of the Hong Kong stuff that was uh, going on. Oh, right. Blizzard, oh, and yeah. then there was yes. Um, Derek, uh, when we were deciding which stories to cover for today's episode before the show, you brought up a good point about how we reported on uh, several episodes ago about how Vicarious Visions was sadly just merged into Blizzard and will now Mm -hmm. be focused solely on Blizzard projects going going forward. And one wonders, as you posited, if there could be a, a relation there. I, yeah, because the idea is that the Vicarious Visions is helping out with the Diablo 2 remake. So wouldn't it make sense to like, ah, oh, crap, Diablo 4 isn't ready and we need something for this year. Uh, quick, get Vicarious Visions and get them on it and we'll have it out by ho- Diablo 2 by holiday. And there, there's our you know, fiscal year saved. Ugh. Right. One of the right, saddest yeah. things to happen in video right? games to me in a long time. I like agree. Tony they were Hosh finding Pro their footing too. Oh my god! Yeah. Crash Bandicoot and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater are so near and dear to my heart, and I've mm-hmm. seen both of those franchises die and burn and just be horrible. Earlier, we were talking about Sonic. Yeah. I thought Chicken it was bad course. to be. I thought it was bad to be a Sonic fan. Imagine being a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater fan Oof. for the last oh, decade. Man. Oh, it's been bad. And then they come yeah. out with last year Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two remake. Before that, Crash Insane trilogy. It's like they're on fire, and then oh, they get put into this. And what yeah, a they could probably do a great job on Diablo 2, but I don't want them limited to just Blizzard products. Let them do, you know, other things. Let them I do Crash know. Bandicoot. Come on, let's just say it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's well, that's the thing yeah. is, is, you know, Toys for Bob with Crash 4, they did such a good job. Like, the, 
the different teams that uh, uh, Activision had, whether it was Beanox, Toys for Bob, or Vicarious Visions, working in kind of tandem, similar to the the Call of Duty system, where it's like mm-hmm. they had the three that switch off. We had between Spyro, Tony Hawk, and Crash Bandicoot, the teams kind of, you know sharing the the franchises on are we remaking this are we making a new one is it somewhere in between i loved that and like yep. it, it maybe harkened back to when insomniac and naughty dog were so close to each other and then they brought in uh sucker punch with the ps2 era for things mm-hmm. like cooper how yep. they there's always like special thanks and easter eggs towards those other ones and have that close working relationship to create these really fantastic remakes leading into yep. new games mm-hmm. still want my yeah. spyro you know, new Spyro in the same vein as Crash 4. We'll get it. Right. We'll get it, but it, yeah. it won't be Vicarious Visions, so. Mm. Uh, um, going back for a second to Overwatch and how so much of its, uh, of its extended lore is not found in the game itself, Fantasy Thinker Fan brought up a great point, what I think is a great point, uh, saying, I think if ARMS had gotten animated shorts, it would have been a lot better received. And yeah. yes, I think there is oh, such, yeah. such an interesting world to explore with ARMS, and the characters are interesting. I think there's some, like kind of like Splatoon, how... You know, you have the multiplayer aspect of the game, but the single-player mode goes really into the post-apocalyptic nature of Splatoon's world, which is really weird and interesting. Yep. But <laughs> ARMS could have really used more spotlight uh, on mm. the world and characters that they're kind of... So I, I hope if there ever is an ARMS 2 or a Legs or what have you, I hope they double oh, down <laughs> on, on you know, really, you know, showing us who these characters are. Because I think there's... I, I just I feel like there's untapped potential there for ARMS, much like Overwatch. I'm sorry, my fiance is calling me. I have to answer this real quick. I'll no, be right dude. back. <laughs> Family first, no problem. Okay, Tim's gone. Here comes the spicy take. Nintendo yeah. sucks at world building. Period. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they, I um, feel like Splatoon Two was just a. I just that was no. a great example of them doing it well. I think it's, it's an example general. of them doing well for Nintendo, which is. Like I mean, a, a the thing with Nintendo is they never go overt effort. with their world, world building. <laughs> they have a lot of like little Easter eggs or hints towards things that people can grab grab onto and extrapolate on. It's the same thing with um, the uh, Hero Shade and Twilight Princess, leading back towards towards what happened to Ocarina of Time, Link after Ocarina of Time, and all that, and how those become videos, and like, is that intentional on Nintendo's part, or is it just sort of like, oh, we bumped into this, and it kind of works out with the timeline we See, created. See, I, I think it you is always bumbling on Nintendo's part. I always, <laughs> always. And I love Nintendo, but I don't go to them for great stories. I just don't. I go to them for incredible gameplay. Like, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I think there are exceptions here. I mean, Chris Masterson in the chat brought up Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask has, has incredible world building. The I will, Wind give, Waker, you, I I will posit, give you Majora's Mask. I'm, there's an exception to every rule. To, and and but, Splatoon, they actually, they, they even wove Splatoon's world building into the real world, where the Splatfest actually informed the direction of I did love Splatoon that. 2's story. Yeah. That was so cool, right? They, they've gotten gradually better at it, and they have... They, it's not all the time, but when they pull it off, it's always notable. And I, I throw the Fire Emblem games in there, like Three Houses, amazing well, world building, true. so really like so it. intricate. Mm-hmm. I do really like me some. some and Fire oh well, you, you I missed a hot take. Intelligent this designs, right? I mean, is, is Intelligent Designs second party? It, intelligent Systems and or Intelligent Systems. Sorry, <laughs> I think they're second party. Yeah, kind of, sort of counts. 
kind of sort of. You, you missed a really spicy take, Tim. Yeah, uh, which a was? spicy Steve take, yeah. Uh, you want to repeat that for, for him, Steve? I, I was mentioning to my fellow uh, GVG co-founders here that Nintendo sucks at world building. I feel oh. like, by and large, they are not good at that part of the game. I, I think that that is, for the most part, fair. I, you know, See, that's you can think of most games and be like, session. yeah, he's right. But then yeah. you think of the exceptions and when it's really yeah. good. But, he, but even then, yeah. it's like, I, it's funny because I do, th- I, I agree with you as a whole. I, I, I think I stand by that, that as a whole, I am right there with you. But when I start mm-hmm. thinking about any single given game or franchise, I disagree. But it's like, right. Because I'm looking at like Breath of the Wild had amazing type of world building, right? Like, for a game with such little story, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> built the world out in such a fantastic mm-hmm. way. And like you, you know, you even look at at I don't know. It's it's I get Majora's stuck with mask this. Is, yeah, I get stuck with this sometimes because I I think about things like even like Pokemon. I love Pokemon to death, but mm-hmm. to me. Pokemon peaked with Gold and Silver's Gen 2 era, but that yes. was mainly because of how much it built on what was established in the first game story-wise. I wish the Pokemon games would connect a little bit more than they actually do. There, sure. There's times they do, but Gen, I think that's why Gen 5 stood out for so many people because, oh crap, they're addressing the whole thing of like the animal abuse uh, aspect that everybody made fun of for now, and that, like that's become a big thing. Like, Are Pokemon actually happy with people? Mm-hmm. That's an intriguing take to actually dive into. I, and I gotta ask they've you this, step- Derek, as What's our that? Pokemon lore expert. Do they oh ever explain the fact that parents just let like eleven year olds leave the house and oh, travel no. the world? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just how that's just how the world is. That's yeah. just They're a like, thing. You're, yeah, you're eleven now. Um, you're a man. Go. A lot of people. Have it's also just pointed a really out, safe world, apparently. <laughs> a lot of people in chat have also pointed out the OG Paper Mario games, sixty four and Thousand Year Door, especially have incredible world building. And mm. I would argue that or- Origami King has great world building too. Um, and even Super Paper Mario. I, so, yeah, I like it's weird. I, I definitely, like, broad strokes, I see what you're saying, Steve, for sure. And I don't necessarily disagree, but when I get into I individual think, titles, there are quite a few I can think of that I feel like do have pretty good world building. BJ Bovia says, uh, rather than, they, than say they suck at it, it's more like it's not a priority. And I think that's the nail in the head. When they make it a that's priority, a it. then yeah. they n- nail that's it. A, that's a if, more diplomatic way to say it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you are right, though, Steve. Like, there is something there that it's just like that all of us look at it. And at the end of the day, it only comes from a place of love, of us wanting mm. more. You know, it's like and, – and I do feel like that's something that us as a culture – uh, do a lot where we kind of watch or play or listen to the things that we love and then immediately are critiquing and questioning the things that weren't there, you know? Right. Yep. And, and, and that's, you know, that's fair. Like, that's how, like, everyone's going to react that way be- only because we're this passionate and we care this much. But mm-hmm. uh, I do think that, you know, there's something there that uh, I, and I don't want to talk about the MCU too much here, but, like, there's a reason that choices work. Like, you know, we're, I'm watching WandaVision now and the things that they do, I'm not going to spoil anything, yeah. but like the, the way that things are happening, I'm like, at episode to episode, I might be like, this isn't how I, I want this. Why? Where's this? Was this? But then things get revealed and you're like, oh man, they knew what they were doing. Or, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be a little bit more specific with spoilers that I'm comfortable with, with MCU Endgame, it's like Cap not saying Avengers Assemble. We could have critiqued back in Age of Ultron, why didn't he actually say Avengers Assemble? But then when he did years oh, later yeah. in Endgame, it's like, oh my god, yeah. it was worth it. So it's like sometimes being uh, uh, 
you know, on the criticism side versus the creator side, it's like, let, give them their time. They're, they're going to get there one day and we'll look back at this fondly. Mm. But sometimes with Nintendo, with as long as we've been covering <laughs> them and know them, it's like, are yeah. they ever actually going to do that yeah. or have they changed? And that, that's a tough question to ask. Yeah. Yeah, for, um, for sure. Oh, go ahead. Before we move on, I just want to extend a, a quick, warm, good vibes filled welcome to Toast Cross Dimensions and Chumtastic. Come to, or, or Chumtastic. I'm not really sure how to say how to say that, but welcome to both of you. <laughs> Almost the Freudian uh, slip of the year. What? It, oh, I just heard that. I didn't even think about when I said it. Oh wow. That's yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Good point. So I'm going to say Chumtastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome and oh, Toast boy. Cross Dimensions. Uh, welcome to you both. It's great to have you here in live chat. And, uh, yeah, that was a whole Phil Dunphy moment that I didn't realize was a Phil Dunphy moment until you guys started <laughs> uh, laughing. Chemtastic is what it's supposed to be. Chemtastic. Okay. There we go. Got it. Got you it. dropped the E. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. All right. So, oh, that's <laughs> from nice. From uh, hot takes about Nintendo's world building to facts about one specific world they build. I'm going to throw our next story <laughs> up on the screen here. And that world is, of course, Super Mario World. Uh, the Brickster on Twitter writes, Thanks to a breakthrough I had regarding the GigaLeak, we were able to find proper names for many instruments for Super Mario World, which led to some friends finding the resource for those samples. With these source samples, they are now restoring the original soundtrack for Super Mario World. Uh, this shit is crazy. I- hey, guys. <laughs> this is so Fuck cool. you. Fuck it. Can we say fuck you on the show? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Fuck you. This is the coolest thing. Thank <laughs> right. Like, it is. Oh my I know. god. I've been obsessed with this. There is like this subculture of YouTube channels that are just going back and, and finding these. And like I've heard it before for like Donkey Kong Country Two, which is now the second time I've referenced Jam- an amazing Miller, game right? today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm and listening through this, it's like, oh my god, it's like songs that we've all heard a million times, but you hear them differently. I never expected to hear Super Mario World and get chills from hearing the music. It's like, I I I know this stuff back and forth, front and back, every which way. And yeah. yesterday when I heard this, I was like freaking out. Like, it is <laughs> so cool. And like, we often say video games are cool, and this is proof of that, is that video game history is cool. And to see history come back in a way that none of us necessarily expected we'd ever actually be able to you know, break into this world and see things that we, we aren't supposed to see for something we're so familiar with is honestly like so rewarding, and it sounds awesome. It's it so does. cool. I, it really like, does. I mean, oh, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say the big thing for me, because I, I, I'm only just listening to it now. I just haven't had an opportunity. So I'm listening to them now. So I was expecting these huge changes. And what I've noticed now is listening to these. I, I have to listen to the old, the other, the original versions as well. But they sound like how you remember. Yep. That's what I'm getting from these. Oh, man. Like, them, oh, this is the It's funny. They don't for kid. me. But Compliment. that's because I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not as much of a music I, guy as Ash is, so... Yeah, I like, was, like was, uh, Tim, as you know, I'm like a video game music, just I'm a fanatic, right? And I'm yeah. so into the history of video game music, and I love hearing the samples from which the Super Nintendo sound that we got, the original samples from which we got the Super Nintendo versions, I love hearing where they came from. Mm-hmm. And this is the coolest thing, and so it sounds as though you're also a fan of Jam and Sam Miller. And oh, yeah. Anyone who knows what we're not talking about, search Jam and Sam Miller on YouTube. This guy is re-remastering all the Donkey Kong Country soundtracks with the original uncompressed samples that David oh, wow. Wise used to David Wise and Evelyn Fisher used to create the soundtracks on Super Nintendo. So go check that out if you're into this stuff. But uh, I could go on forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 
Go for oh, it, go Steve. Ahead. Oh, no, please. I, I was just going to say, I'm just going to keep fanboying out here. It's like, you know, obviously we all love the, the David Wise Donkey Kong soundtracks, but like there's something about Mario that is just so ubiquitous where it's like oh, everyone in the world has heard these songs. And uh, to, to hear him, like, Derek, I, I agree with you. It's like they're not as different as the Donkey Kong country ones are. Like, it is a That's little true. bit more yeah. uh, like, okay, cool. This is obviously the, very similar. But it is so much more uncompressed. It is so much more like uh, you, you can tell the intent of the composition in a way that you right. couldn't before where you're like, Oh wow. The style, like before you're like, okay, this is in the style of, and I, I'm not musically trained enough to be able to actually like tell you what it is, but like <laughs> Mario world very much has this kind of ragtag, almost like style mm-hmm. like to, especially, you know, Yoshi on it. it every song has to have that vibe. And uh, hearing the, these original source samples, it's like, Oh man, like this is what Koji Kondo. And then we're like, listening to and 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 uh, playing for you can just i didn't see it in my head i was yesterday i was listening to this and i can imagine you know koji kondo calling miyamoto into a room being like listen to it check it out and he'd be like yo that's uh-huh. hype as fuck bro let's go <laughs> in those exact words no, that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. in japanese yeah. in japanese yeah. but yes yeah. and it d- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i gotta say i listened to these and i immediately was able to to tell the difference um maybe i i played through all the mario games over the holidays just because 3d uh all-stars collection had come out and so i wanted to play through every mario so i god did that. i love you i'm doing the same thing <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah and i played through super mario world for the first time in years and i loved it so i was able to to really quickly pick up on the differences. Like Derek said, it sounds very familiar, but right. um, if, if you're not familiar with the idea of MIDI music, right, there's, they can, you can, a MIDI file just is a set of instructions. It's mm-hmm. just right. play, play these instruments at these exact times at these exact notes. Uh, and what you open that MIDI file in makes a world of difference or what in, MIDI instruments are available to the application or hardware that you're running it on. And so hearing hearing the original version was was really eye-opening like i agree with with everything you guys have been saying so far i was blown away by this because i got that feeling like tim mentioned that this is what miyamoto listened to when they were making the game mm-hmm. and then they had to make compromises to get it to work mm-hmm. on the super nintendo in a way that made sense which is what all of us here grew up with and what we all remember and so i had that initial mm-hmm. oh my god this is wrong this doesn't sound right and then I started to that started to fall away, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't imagine having been at Nintendo in the '90s and hearing this and just being, you know, I, I was filled with joy the minute I started looking at it that way." And I love these tracks now, in a in almost the exact same way that I love the originals because they they carry that same nostalgia, but you get that kind of peek behind the curtain that so many Nintendo fans have wanted for so long. And and this, yeah. as much as I don't condone stolen data or leaks or anything of that kind getting to see this shit is so fucking cool (laughs) i I just can't deny it i can't deny how cool it i mean that and all the ocarina of time beta stuff we've been seeing it's like my teenage years all my dreams from from those late 90s days are are just coming true (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, well, and this comes hot on the heels of us of our, in our very last episode, actually. On Wednesday, we reported on a new DuckTales NES prototype revealing an unused uh, song for the map theme, state select theme. And that's now two video game music-related stories in a, in a row, two days in a row. I don't know how long we can keep this going, but Living I'm, I'm your pretty best happy life. with that. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty happy with that. But, Ash will but find no, a way. I, I love find, like finding, as you were just saying, Steve, just just nuggets of history, mus- musically or otherwise, to the video games I grew up with. And I just I hope we get to see more of this happen with other games that we grew up with. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear the original samples for Chrono Trigger, for example. Like, that would be amazing to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. Who knows if it'll ever actually happen. I would happen. die and go but, to heaven. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Podonku brought up a great point. Me, right? Uh, Podonku brought up a great point in the chat, saying, finding out the Sonic & Knuckles collection MIDI tracks were actually the original level themes in the Sonic 3 prototype was the most mind-blowing thing for me. And yes, it was. That was... Because the the assumption was that those had been composed on the fly as replacements for the Michael Jackson tracks because of everything that happened with him. But it turns out those were actually the prototype stage themes that were then just reintroduced into the game after the Michael Jackson or the Michael Jackson stuff went down. Really, I just love finding out stuff like that. It's just so hey, interesting to me. So port the, the Sonic Three more often, for God's sake, <laughs> right? God, it the, just the lost the time, man. Uh, yeah, the history of Sonic Three and Michael Jackson is so weird. Yeah, I really, I, I one. I agree, Derek. Sega just needs to find a way to re-release Sonic 3 for God's sakes already. Uh, But the other thing is I've heard so many different takes on what happened between Michael Jackson and Sega back then. One is, like Ash said, all the controversies surrounding him back then caused Sega to back off. Another one I've heard is that Michael Jackson was not happy with the way... I've heard that his tracks sounded on the Sega Genesis. Because if you know, the Sega Genesis had a notoriously subpar sound chip it, it just was hard to get i mean play mortal Kombat on that thing so yeah sonya blade uses kano's voice clips for whatever reason <laughs> which is that's rough <laughs> that's um but yeah i've heard a lot of things about that i just wish sega would just pull a bandai and replace the tracks and re-release the game with some new music. I don't care. Reuse the Sonic just, and Knuckles music. Whatever you want to do. Use the pr- or just give the prototype stuff the to T Lopes. Have him have him like punch it up a little bit on the Sega's tunes, and there yeah. you go. Yeah, whatever. Right. Be fine. I'd love it. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Speaking um, of, really, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Steve. Just really quick. Welcome to Spicy Pandotter, who pointed out that this is also their first time watching uh, the show live. Oh, so, nice. welcome to Spicy Pandotter, and also MJ Dog ninety six. I also don't recognize your name, so welcome one and welcome all, and and no <laughs> Freudian slips this time. <laughs> no Freudian slips. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. All right. Yeah. So, speaking of re releases, uh, we we have somewhat tangentially related news. I'll throw that up. So we have another update from Ubisoft on the Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake. They say, hello, Prince of Persia fans. Since announcing Prince of Persia, the sound, the Sands of Time uh, in September, I guess all that music talk has me thinking about sounds. We saw an mm. outpouring of feedback from you on this beloved franchise. It is your passion and support that is driving our development teams to make the best game possible. With that said, we have made the decision to shift the release for Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake to a later date. This extra development time will en- enable our teams to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. We understand the update might come as a surprise 
Enterprise, and we will continue to keep you posted on the progress of Prince of Persia The Sands of Time Remake. In the meantime, we want to thank you for all your ongoing support. Signed, the dev team. This is categorically a good thing in, in my estimation. Yeah. One, yes. developers should have the time they need to make the game they want to make. Two, uh, that first trailer was rough. It was mm-hmm. uh, not there, not looking too hot. There were a lot of reused character models, and the character models that were there weren't particularly detailed. Didn't look uh, like much of a visual upgrade from the PS2 game that Derek is uh, showcasing behind him. <laughs> uh, so, I I don't feel you know. There's I'm not disappointed in this. I think I would have been disappointed if they rushed it out. I'm glad that Ubisoft yeah. is taking the I time mean, to. I mean, they'd already delete it once to march and even then it was like oh maybe it'll be better because yeah you as you said that first trailer was rough and i've not this and the 2008 um prince of persia are the really the only two prince of persia games i've played but i really enjoyed both and i want to see the game done well and i wasn't sure i was going to get that from this remake that they were doing and who knows how it'll still end up, but at least it's giving a bit more time and hopefully a bit more budget. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I I, I didn't play much of this to, to begin with, like the original version, so I don't have too much to say here, but I'm just going to echo what everyone else is saying, which is give developers the time they need to finish their games properly. And I, I certainly watched the trailer when it first dropped, and it looked it was full of jank. It, it looked really janky. So... As you said, Derek, March even may not have been enough, and clearly Ubisoft listened, and I'm glad they're giving them... I mean, it's cool that they didn't even announce a new date. They're just like, it's delayed. It's just delayed. We'll let you know when, when we know when it's yeah. coming out, but we're not we're not targeting another date yet. So I'm, I'm glad they're giving this game the time it needs to hopefully uh, you know, be as impressive as possible. Yeah, I am a Prince of Persia enthusiast. I'm a huge fan. I have played all of the games from the... I mean, honestly, the original Prince of Persia is probably one of the first video games I ever played in my life, period. Wow. Uh, The OG, like, 2D platformer one. And when they announced Sands of Time in the first place, I was so excited for it. And and going through that in my teenage years, the trilogy on the, the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era, I loved. And yes, two and three, two specifically, had its faults. Um, in, in terms of style and being a little too, like, edgelord. Uh, but three kind of brought it back a little bit more. But in there, they're all three of them are extremely quality games, like from a gameplay perspective and combat, or less so combat, but more so uh, combat gets better as it goes on. But uh, more like traversal and platforming and, and puzzle, like, I'm in this room. How do I get to that door? That type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Sands of Time... Um, Kind of is, I would say, the most consistent of the three, and uh, definitely is the one that that holds the the warmest place in people's hearts. And when they announced they were doing a remake, I lost my mind. Like I, I've been kind of given this like decade of dreams uh, for everything I grew up with, kind of being remade and <laughs> nice. somehow made better uh, in in the last couple of years. Like. We talked about Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Final Fantasy VII Remake being an insane example of of what I'm talking about here. Um, But when they announced this, I didn't see it coming. I've been wanting a new Prince of Persia or something Prince of Persia from UB for a very long time. And when they announced this, I was so bummed out that it didn't make me happy that this was happening. And that's because Mm -hmm. of what you guys have said. It doesn't look good. And it's not just graphics. It There's something just off about the way they were talking about it. And just like, it felt like they're not treating this like a AAA Ubisoft 
title. It is very much a, not even double A. Here's just something that's coming out mm. from us. Here's a title. <laughs> and and yeah. it's like, you know, Yubi does so much, so many different games. They have so many different prestige titles at this point that I understand Prince of Persia not necessarily being in that same type of conversation. But like, when I look at Ubisoft, I see a lot of uh, problematic issues at the top, obviously. Mm. But when I think about the games, I see a bunch of AAA. They've kind of invented the whole uh, how to monetize things like the division and so on and so on. But the things that really speak to me are Prince of Persia, the Rayman platformers of the last decade, mm. like oh, those yeah. type of things, or the Ubisoft they haven't games. really focused on in a while, a long time. Exactly. Right. So, so getting anything Prince of Persia related, I was at least excited about. But seeing that, I was like, oh no! And the <laughs> delay, the first delay, I was like. Two months isn't enough. Like, that's not going to fix anything. Hearing this, I'm like, there's a chance this is good. I'm just bummed out that I am so negative on it right now that I look at this as just a chance. I don't expect greatness from no, this. No, you might yeah. get it to passable. Before, right. I think it was going to be like, well, this is laughably, laughably bad, 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 but eh. what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah I, I'm hopeful well you know like i said a delay is almost always a good thing in terms of you know developers having more time means the potential for more polish but i'm with tim that i'm not expecting great things yet i need to see an updated trailer or something or see ubisoft kind of put this more into focus uh show that they that this matters a lot to them and at least this is a good first step toward that they care enough at least to delay the game you know to give it some more time uh, Humble Jojo is cracking me up in the chat saying maybe they're bringing in Jake Gyllenhaal to be quote unquote Persian. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, you that know, was hey, the weirdest casting. Yeah, you know, horrible. And, you know, fuck that movie and fuck all that. <laughs> yeah. But I will say Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands, which is the forgotten fourth or oh, third yeah. sequel, but fourth game in the timeline of the Prince of Persia Sands of Time, was a, a movie tie in video game that happened and no. no one gave it the time of day because everyone's like okay. fuck this movie this must be bad it was pretty good i would okay. say it, it's the worst of the four but like still pretty damn good and that was after prince of persia 2008 the cel-shaded kind of nolan north separate project which right, i'm saying okay. that never got continued because it had a cliffhanger I and i was like yeah the platforming is a little basic and kind of automated but it still had a lot of a really good time with it but I all, think it's, all I know it's is far that, too forgotten now. Like as I mean, as a someone as an outsider looking in, I'm not a Prince of Persia hardcore fan by any means. But I know that generally the Sands of Time is held up as as a great game, and then people kind of kind of scoff at Warrior Within for being edgelordy, like Shadow the mm-hmm. Hedgehog style, edge like unnecessarily <laughs> dark and 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 brooding. Um, but With, that's, that's uh, really the extent taking a of my very knowledge of the classical Persian soundtrack for Sands of Time, then you go for like metal, heavy metal. Is that what happens? Is it metal for? Oh, yes, wow. it's terrible. heavy metal. Heavy metal. You're on a boat. I like I played the demo back in the day. Um, it's heavy metal. You're on a boat fighting monsters. All of a sudden, the d- prince has a dark, brooding voice now. And immediate woman in metal bikini with ass sticking out. Yeah, oh, I, honestly, wow. like oh. there, are, there are so many things about it that are just absolutely bad. However, <laughs> if you actually play the game and like sure. and, 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 and look at it as a sequel to Sense of Time and as the, the middle of the trilogy, it works really well from a gameplay perspective and what they do with it gotcha. story-wise because the dark stuff actually makes sense. All of him playing with time in the first game 
caused oh, okay. the time gods to be upset or whatever. So like there was like death is essentially chasing him the since the end of the first game. So the reason oh, okay. he's so dark and brooding is that everywhere he goes, death is right, and shadows are right behind him. Is that lame and corny? Sure. But <laughs> at least it gives some reason and and it's backed yeah, up in gameplay. And I I would say the story of Warrior Within from what I remember is actually more interesting than the story of Sands of Time. But Again, we're, we're, it's the, we're talking about things that are 15 years old at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, everything I'm saying here, anybody in the chat could be like, Tim, you're fucking wrong. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. Uh, but um, I do want to say that Twin Throne or Two Thrones, Two Thrones, which was the sequel, the third mm-hmm. one, the third kind one. of melded the two worlds. And it was I the idea that. that the prince had his dark side, but also his light side. And it was very good. It was very good. Nice. <laughs> I, nice. Yeah, it's one of those things I might go back to, but you know, I'm not above my you know kind of edge lord thing. I I, I enjoy the original Dark Siders. I've not played the sequels, but I've I've heard decent things. And and to your point about Prince of Persia 2008, that I do want to say is that game uh, is. Now looked at, uh, I think, a little bit unfairly. It was so ambitious for its time mm-hmm. to that boldly reinvent a franchise that they had only reinvented th- four years p- prior. Like mm-hmm. Prince of Persia says the time was re- reinvigorating an IP that hadn't existed for 20 years at that point. Yeah, You know what I mean? And right. then y- just to do three of them and then be like, now we need to do something totally different was very ballsy. And I think it paid off in a lot of ways. The biggest mistake they made with that game was that it didn't have an end and the end was DLC. Yeah, and the DLC even wasn't yeah. that didn't answer that many exactly. Things. So, yeah. right. oh well. All right. Well, I don't play Prince of Persia. <laughs> I probably need to. <laughs> I I thought the series was dead. I, the one thing I do know, I like Assassin's Creed kind of a lot, and uh, I remember that Assassin's Creed originally began life as a Prince of Persia sequel, mm-hmm. and so I kind of assumed <laughs> the series was dead when Assassin's Creed became a thing and that came out, and then. I want to say that there was a later game in the series that again started life as a Prince of Persia game and got converted back to an Assassin's Creed game. I want to say it you're was the... You're kind of right, but uh, you're a little off. So th- what happened here was I, I will never fully vibe with the Assassin's Creed games because they killed Prince of Persia. Uh, <laughs> and I did not enjoy that as much. But uh, there was a Prince of Persia game that they were making that last... In the last two years, a whole bunch of things leaked for. And um, there was like some video footage of actual gameplay of this. And I want to say it was from like 2012 or something. Um, and it ended up not actually being a finished game. So it didn't turn into an Assassin's oh. Creed game. But the team that was working on it ended up just making the next Assassin's Creed. Right. Because it, okay. it, okay. it was based, I want to say, in Egypt or something. And then we didn't get an Egypt-based Assassin's Creed game for many years after that in, in the mm-hmm. form of Assassin's Creed Origins. Anyway, I could go on forever <laughs> about that. However, we got two more stories. Uh, let me throw the next one up on screen here. This one is uh, not for cowards like me. <laughs> so, so according to an interview with uh, composer Akira Yamaoka with a, a YouTube channel, uh, Yamaoka mentioned that uh, they are working on a game that would be announced this summer. And uh, he mentions... I think it's the one you're kind of hoping to hear about. Very uh, 
subtly referencing Silent Hill uh, or the Please. revival thereof. We've been hearing about this for a while now, that a Silent Hill game is probably in the works over at Konami. Uh, so I'd be curious to see what comes of this, because we all know Silent Hills was going to come out, and that was the uh, Guillermo, Gu uh, Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima joint effort that never came to fruition because Kojima ended up being forced out i don't know that we know the full details it was a of weird situation with konami <laughs> yeah well he just ended up spending a lot more money making mgs5 and i think konami were comfortable with and I, I believe it was some somewhere north of like 80 million bucks or something it was an it was an absurd amount of money um so i you know i can't exactly fault konami is expensive but, I, I don't know if but yeah how well did death stranding do because uh, i know sony sunk a lot of money into that and I, it feels like there might be a little bit of regret on sony's part it's like oh crap uh, i don't, there might be I don't reason think for so because from what i really? understand death stranding i i think sold well enough and was uh appropriately scaled specifically because they used the decima engine which is the oh, engine okay. from her, uh the gorilla made for horizon yeah. so i think that sony kind of came in and was able to uh, uh you know get kojima to be like hey here's what you're building off you can go crazy from here which is how we got that mm -hmm. stranding but like this these are the tools you have to use and i think that that helped a lot whereas with konami although they had the fox engine already made um mm -hmm. i i the well it was made for mgs5 so yep. i think that a lot of the cost must right. have come into making the engine itself right yeah i think so one one thing i mean the things i do know about the treatment of hideo kojima before he left are all terrible. Like, you know, they, oh, yeah. I, I think we all kind of forget that they didn't let him respond to emails anymore. <laughs> people, people had to read his emails for him and filter them. Uh, at a certain point, he wasn't allowed to come to the office. He didn't get to go to the fucking game awards to accept an award for his last, what would turn out to be his last game with Konami. I mean, they treated him frankly, like a prisoner, which is terrible. Ter you know, no matter if you're, yeah. if you're a person of high value mm -hmm. or, or, you know, a very visible person or not, it's just a shitty way to treat someone that works for you. Period. Uh, that being said, uh, death stranding, I think was, was a really interesting. I actually like death stranding. I played quite a bit of it. We got it. It was one of the first games, uh, PlayStation ever sent me to check out early, but they sent it like 20 hours early as opposed to two weeks. So, the, you know, they were like, whatever, you know, if you want to play it a little bit early, that's fine. Uh, but, it, you know, since then, we're, we're fortunate enough to uh, have their support here at GVG, which is great. Um, I've heard I've heard through the grapevine that that there may be a PS5 version of Death Stranding coming. It would uh, make sense. Or at least an upgrade. I would hope so. I, I, I think it, it was one of those games that just didn't uh, sell as well as it possibly could have. And I think a PS5 upgrade would definitely help people that are looking for something to play on these things uh, get back into it. I, I didn't ever finish it. And now that I kind of think that there may or may not be, you know, we may be in a God of War situation where we get some kind of update. I'm kind of holding off because now I'm playing <laughs> God of War. So, right. um, But right. that being said, Silent Hill, it's a game, I guess. Um, it's not for me. I am, I am terrible, terrible with survival horror. I just cannot... Well, people are like, oh, play it with headphones. I'm like, no, 
Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do that. See, turn turn the light off. Me. all no. the way up. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I love these things. And Silent Hill is actually a really big blind spot in my survival horror uh, uh, gaming where I, I'm very excited at the idea of a new one. I will say that the extent of my knowledge and love for Silent Hill pretty much begins and ends with uh, Akira Yam- Yamoka's uh, – uh, music because the theme of Laura from Silent Hill 2 right. is one of my favorite <laughs> video game music yeah. songs of all time from a game that I never even played. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I'm very excited at the, the idea of what a 2021, 2022, 2023 uh, Silent Hill game can look like. I want Konami as far away from it as possible, though. And, and I, <laughs> I, I don't. I also don't think that that's crazy to to realize. Like, I would be shocked if we get a Silent Hill game that is from Konami. Uh, their name, their logo will be on the box or whatever. But I very much think that if this happens, it is going to be via PlayStation somehow. I agree. It, it does seem like yeah. something like that Konami would do because they're making profits like they're making a ton of profits and it's not really worth it to them to develop their games these triple a games but to license it out to other people to make it that might be as as rob arman x says to the extent that we know anything about it for sure the new game is being made in-house at sony at least that's what the rumors that have been swirling about this new silent hill game seem to indicate but Um, but with that though you really have to question those are the rumors but who could it be because Sony only right. has X amount of teams, right. right? And when you start breaking it down, looking at it, all the rumors came from Bluepoint, right? And right. you look at Bluepoint, you look at their their uh, their work output over the last couple of years, and they put out Shadow of the Colossus, and then they just put out Demon Souls. What's next? You know, and right. they, they've had enough teases towards things, and ironically enough. Blue Point's teases at this point for things that haven't actually come to fruition yet are Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hills, and um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. All properties owned by Konami. So oh, yeah? where there's smoke, there's fire. Something's happening there. Yeah. I, I can't totally imagine, agree. like, would they make a 3D version of Symphony of the Night? Like, what the heck would they do? Because I'm right there with you, man. Oh, I don't I know. I hope not. Yeah, me too. I, that, I hope that's the one HD that I hope 2D. doesn't happen. Like, you can yeah. make that game look gorgeous in 2D. Like, there's ways to make that happen, especially if you do, like, keep a... Keep it um, 2D. Yeah. Yeah, but you keep a 2D, especially if... Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on... The guys who made, just made Streets of, uh, Streets of Rage 4. Cube. I was going to say Oh, Lizard same. Cube. Yeah, 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 get Lizard Cube yeah. on that kind of animation for that and get that smoothness. Then you could did, get uh, something really cool looking. Yeah. Um, or get somebody yeah. to uh, heck uh, Team Cherry on that, or something like that, to make mm. the 1999 Castle game, Castlevania game finally, or something like that. I oh, don't know. right with Julius Belmont. Eddie Beal says hand drawn Symphony of the Night. Hell yeah! The one thing I don't want to see happen, of course, short of it going full 3D, please God no. As much as I enjoyed Bloodstained, I don't want a 3D style yeah. like a 3d art style into no. the 3d character models stop no, it thank you stop that don't do it ever <laughs> exactly like if it's a yeah. new game if it's a new ip go for it do your thing yeah. yeah do not take old games or old characters and put them in this art style that none of us right. fucking wants although i say that and earlier today in this episode you guys were talking about mega man 11 numbers being as good as they are so uh, maybe i don't know anything styles quite a few times and i think that it needed it i was tired of in mega man's case i was tired of nes mega man 
Yo, I wanted, think about I wanted them 11. to evolve to like beyond with Mega Man Eight style hold and beyond. Yeah, beyond. I gotta well, say, the thing about, oh, go hold on, Mega Man Eleven is a beautiful game. I, I like it how is. it looks. It really but is. I'm totally with Tim on this one. If you gave me the option between 3D Mega Man in a in a 2D game or a beautiful hand drawn HD Mega Man, man, I'm going for the latter every Same. single mm. time. I think what works for Mega Man 11, and I agree with you, Steve. I would go for that as well. I think what works for Mega Man 11 is the way it's shaded. It's, it's got kind of got this anime shading thing going on that makes it seem more 2D than it actually is. Obviously, they are 3D character models, but the way they're shaded and the way they look in the game world makes it look more like a flatter 2D image than something like Bloodstained, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that said, bringing it back to Silent Hill as the, the lone hardcore Silent Hill fan on this panel, all I can say is... Uh, whoever's making it, I feel very good about the fact that Akira Yamaoka apparently seems to be involved because he is Silent Hill to me. I mean, he he embodies the whole the series' whole ethos and, and just the, the whole vibe of that of that incredible world. And um, I'm I'm kind of I kind of go against the grain as, as a Silent Hill fan. Three is my favorite. Two is the popular favorite, but three is my favorite personally. And I just hope that whatever they're doing. It, it's closer in style to one and three than two. Two's fantastic, but Silent Hill so, one and three represent the pinnacle of Silent Hill to me. I've I've never played the games. I've watched my brother play all of them, and I have to say, one, there's two things I want to get out here. One, I truly hope that this Silent Hill retains some of the crazy, weird Easter egg shit that we've seen in other yes. Silent Hill games. Like, I want a Me dog too. at the controls. <laughs> like, <laughs> dog ending, yes. ending, I want yeah. UFOs. I want a laser gun. Uh, the other thing, I don't know. Like I said, I've never played the games, but I remember watching my brother play Silent Hill 4, The Room, and remembering, like, there's a point, and I'm like, is that a hole in your wall? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does that lead to? And he goes through it, and I'm like, I'd fucking move out. <laughs> oh right! Yeah, in a second. Yeah, I would move out in a second. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, Rob Arman X says, "I hope Silent Hill PS5 is a 2.5D platformer with online co-op uh, with Nintendo handling the servers." Oh god! Oh Good god! god. Wow. Oh, why would you uh. even say such a thing? But uh, no, just straight up. It, it it seems like it, it's only a matter of time until some new Silent Hill game is announced, and I am cautiously optimistic. And but but Tim, I agree with you. I want Konami Konami's actual development hands as far away from this thing as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only I, I own one and two. Have not had a chance to play either, but I know I've yeah I've heard how good they are, and yeah, it's something I want to you know take the step one, but backlog. <laughs> so. By the way. Steve, I know I know survival horror is not your thing, but man, you haven't lived until you played Last of Us Part Two with Bluetooth headphones at night in the dark, and you hear clickers kind of walking around you. It's it it, it brings on a whole new dimension of the game, man. <laughs> oh, I did I did that, and I did not enjoy oh, okay. it. fair enough. That game's three D audio is utterly insane, man. Insane. Like, it's yeah. it's scary yeah. as hell in the best yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Sony sent over the PS5, they sent me the the headphones for it, the, the Pulse, Pulse yeah. 3D headphones. Nice. And so that was the game I thought of immediately. I was like, oh, I should boot up uh, Last of Us Part Two and, and mess around in there and see how these sound. One, the headphones are great uh, for, for gaming headphones. I still prefer, like, you know, regular studio-style headphones, but I like them for what they are. And, yeah, that shit's terrifying. So <laughs> I will never do that again. But, uh, <laughs> nice. Very, 
it, it's what Fair I enough. imagine a monster coming to eat my face would sound like. <laughs> so nailed it. Good on, good on you, Naughty Dog. Nice. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> so, all right. Speaking of spooky things that I am far too cowardly for, uh, let's get our final story up on the screen here for tonight. Uh, the Resident Evil reboot movie is set for September 3rd, 2021. I can handle a movie. Um, but basically, <laughs> the upcoming Resident Evil reboot movie has a launch date. It says the launch date and just uh, says they're going to keep tabs on the situation and see if that date sticks. I imagine that if uh, that if we've got a firm release date for something like a movie, it's a good bet that it's coming out. Especially, uh, I don't yeah. think that that's a fair bet at all. Oh no! <laughs> but also, like over at Kind of Funny, we also follow the the movie and TV side of things a lot. And yeah, just having a date means literally nothing at this point, no. except <laughs> oh, wow. for trying to tell investors, "Hey, we're still trying to make money, so don't root us out. Like we're we're okay." Here's when you should feel confident about movies going back to theaters and that that, that it's going to happen when Black Widow releases. Honestly, if Black Widow gets a release yeah. date, there's your time when it's safe to go out because that's... Oh, see, I'm, I, I, I apologize. I wasn't thinking theatrical release. I just assumed this means some kind of release. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm trying to okay. look into it now. So I, I'm a little confused because this date isn't new news. We've known this for a while now oh, that really? it's coming out on that no. date. Um, I thought there was some extra thing here. That, that no, it doesn't look like even the to... link is not no, working anymore. It so it must have like... been a thing oh, where somebody weird. probably pointed this Maybe. out and didn't realize it. But um, so either way, it. so it's Sony Pictures that's putting this out. Sony are the only major uh, group, production studio, film distributor that don't have their own streaming platform. So, mm. you know, you Ooh. look at obviously Disney has Disney Plus. Warner Brothers has HBO Max. Uh, Peacock has uh, Universal has Peacock and Paramount has Paramount Plus. So Sony are kind of the the lone wolf of it of when you're talking about the big dog movie studios that don't have a home to call their own. So that means if this were to be released streaming, they would need to go to a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or uh, or to one of their competitors to mm. sell the movie to be able to start streaming no. day and date on the thing. So that's the one thing that I'm like, I don't know. Because Sony right now, when you really think about their lineup of movies that they're putting out, we got James Bond, we got the Spider-Man movies that are also in tandem with Marvel, but then we have Venom 2, Morbius, the you know more Spider-Man side of the universe things with Sony that are under their control, not MCU. Mm. Um, none of those have homes on a streaming platform. So it's like that's the more interesting thing where i would not be surprised if this date completely gets shifted back because they don't have anywhere really? else to put it yeah. although september i see if i were a betting man i think that by june most people will be vaccinated by september hopefully, hopefully so i'm just i'm saying that now just based on what i'm seeing and what i'm thinking anything can happen anything can change so mm. september for a movie not the craziest thing but also not a hundred percent. Yeah, it's. Fair. I'm just. Plausible. I'm just struck by how little we know about this movie. We we seem to know so relatively little about it. I mean, same with the, the Mortal Kombat movie where we got screenshots. Yeah, that's true. And we don't have it. Still, we got a trailer. The only reason yeah. we don't know anything is because of what I just said of Sony. Yeah. Like all right, the other right. uh, production studios are putting out a lot more stuff and teasers and images and trailers because they know that worst case scenario. 
they have a home to put it on. Sony are like, ah, we ain't putting out shit because we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like worst case scenario, we put out this release date. If we show a trailer for Resident Evil now, yeah, people might not see this movie for another year and a half. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'm I'm still highly bummed that I can't. I'm not going to be able to see Godzilla versus Kong in theaters. <laughs> that's yeah, that's rough. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, there there are certain theater movies that I just really would rather see in theaters. I guess in that sense, maybe it's a good thing that stupid Nokia delayed Bond to October. Maybe by then we'll be able to go see it in a movie theater. But yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I legitimately have spent my entire life. If there's one thing I wanted, I was like, one day I need a home theater, and that's what I've. Literally put my entire work life's earnings into is building the theater. So I'm like, nice. Godzilla vs. Kong on a 120-inch screen? Let's Ooh, go, baby. Hell, I'm yeah. going to Tim's nice. house for this. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yep. Well, Party at Tim's. You know, <laughs> we'll have to be in one corner of each room, but we'll yeah, make it work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. So I think. We we did it. We got through all the stories. So, yeah, uh, we did. There, there is one final thing. Uh, a quick PSA for y'all Nintendo fans out there watching tonight. Apparently, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury has leaked. I assume that means that it is on the usual places where you can illicitly download games, uh, which also <laughs> means that it is invariably on, on less scrupulous YouTube channels that are probably posting playthroughs and stuff like that. Like, so uh, here's remain... all of Bowser's Fury, which, congratulations, yeah. you just pissed off Nintendo more, and that's never good for anybody. <laughs> yeah, right. so uh, it, it's out there somehow. Uh, if you're if you're looking not to get spoiled on all those uh, all that excellent Oops. world building we talked about earlier in the show, you may want to avoid <laughs> uh, long plays or, or things of the sort. I'm personally yeah. hyped for the game. I haven't played it yet. I hope that uh, it, it looks good though. When it comes out, I'll be very excited to, uh, yeah. to check it out. But that's February twelfth, so we're to not it. long now. I assume I've, you've yeah. I've, played. I've played some of it. Can only talk about some of it that I've played, <laughs> uh, and I will say it is a it's a lot more interesting than you expect. Ooh. Nice. I'll leave well, it there. Then all the more reason to avoid spoilers then. Yeah, totally, totally. Nice. nice. Okay. okay, cool. So with that, we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. But before we sign off, uh, first off, Tim, thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, I think we all know where we can find you. But <laughs> just in case, uh, where where can we get our next Tim Gettys fix? You can find me on Twitter at Tim Gettys, G-E-T-T-Y-S. Uh, you can find me on Kind of Funny, Kind of Funny Games, any of the content over there. If you like Marvel stuff, guess what? We're the best place to be. That's not true at all. We're a place to be. Uh, <laughs> you can go listen to us. I do. We are enthusiasts, not experts. I'll tell you that about everything. But kindoffunny.com is where you want to find us. Uh, again, before I head out, I want to say I love all you guys. I am so proud of what you've built with this, what you are building with this you have so much more to go can't wait to see where you guys end up because this is something extremely special uh you guys i've been following you all for in different ways for many years and to see you all doing what you're doing now i think is utterly fantastic and is going to be something really special awesome thank well you. that means the world <laughs> yeah from seriously you, man. thank you so much and uh we obviously are all huge fans of your work as well over kind of funny and please give Greg our best, and ho- hopefully we'll have Greg on the show someday. We'd love Hell to have yeah. him Hell yeah. I'm sure well. he'd yeah. love to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Awesome. We, we have, uh, I, I can announce, we have Blessing coming on on the 15th. 
Uh, so oh, I didn't you... realize we had confirmed Blessing yet. Awesome. Yes, Future nice. video games, man. Blessing at AOE Jr. Yeah. If you do not know him, get to know him now. He is going to be something that is uh, unfuckwithable. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that kid, I love that. That kid's going places, and man, I, I love him to death. I can't wait for all. Do you guys have a, a audience name? Uh, the GB, uh, GB gang, gang is what they've named themselves. The GB <laughs> gang is gonna love. Yes. Love blessing, so I can't wait for that episode. Can't wait to listen myself. Nice, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, looking forward to that. That so, in addition to uh, where you can find and, and apparently blessing coming on the show. Spoiler alert! Um, so you can. Uh, we need to send a thank you to all of our patrons at the producer tier for making this uh, show happen. We couldn't do this without you. You guys enable us to create the content uh, that you that you're watching now, and you let us live this life, which we're incredibly grateful for mm-hmm. uh we have to give an extra Indeed. special thanks to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above and there's a lot of them uh those fine folks are and it's going to be a completely different order this time because we alphabetized like like people should i guess <laughs> so uh <laughs> those fine folks are jonathan Belmare, brandon bovia rob arman x dan and twistle z patty hyrule hermit sky blue flames adam o'sullivan Octo Puppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D Pad, Guillaume Monet, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Facts, Vedron Hotik, Macalau, Josh Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, Azran one two seven, Ken Rule zero nine, Jake Pelka. Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Mitchell Herring, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog 23100, Brooke, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, uh, Douglas Comics, Andrew Medeiros, Orem M, Brady Power, Phantom 23, Scott Barber, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, the Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Links, Sean Davis, Deneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hugo J8A, Seth Walker, Hubi, Marcos Conchas, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Leanne Mustafa, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 minutes and 60 seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, and my mom. Hi, mom. How the heck so, was that? Oh, alphabetical that's order? Dancing. Yeah, How I was, was going to say it absolutely order? wasn't. The first few yeah. were alphabetical, and so I just assumed. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so, God. It's whatever I order just, Patreon I puts had to these dance in. through it all, man. Yes. So yeah, me dancing like, during the readout has become like a thing now. And that's getting you, old. Can, you can only see it live, <laughs> though, because we cover you up yeah. by. Uh, I know. Yeah. The, the actual names coming up. I but, love it. Um, <laughs> hey, real quick. Ash, like, with your hair as long as it is, you look like, like some. Like, what? White oh, it's not from good. The 90s. Uh, oh, it's terrible. And somebody's pointing out that I was doing the uh, Mega Parasha. Man dance. Parasha the Rapper. Oh, I love it. Parash of the Rapper. That's, that's becoming canonized. Um, for those wondering, that that is the uh, oldest to newest order in Patreon. And that's, okay. that's the order we're that's reading. Oh, okay. So that's what that is. Yeah. I, I do want to say, 
uh, in terms of the Patreon, in terms of all the people that support you guys on Patreon, shout out to all of you because you do not understand how much your dollar goes. Yeah. One dollar. Literally true. all of you people. If it, like, I understand. I don't know your tier structure. I don't know where everything's at. But literally, even if you just have one dollar to give, if you support these guys and you think that what they're doing is, is worth a dollar a month – that dollar adds up, man, because if everybody listening to this right now gave a dollar, they'd be in a much different place than they are currently. And all of that grows. All of that turns into something bigger, allows them to hire more people, do more things. Before the show, we were talking – like we are having a discussion, and uh, Steve and Derek were like talking about who's editing this episode how awesome would it be if they could hire someone else to edit the episode for them so they didn't need to worry about that and they could do their own thing? That is what Patreon is all about, and we have allowed it to tr- completely transform our lives and our team, and I'm seeing it happen right before my eyes with these guys, and they deserve it. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on podcast services or wherever it's available, and you're not on Patreon, $1, man. I'm giving you the Tim Gettys $1 challenge. For this month, give at least $1 to the Good Vibes Gaming Patreon, and it will it will change everything, man. It's going to change their lives. It's going to change your lives because you're going to feel good about supporting some good dudes doing good stuff. Wow. Uh, you, man, wow. that's so much. <laughs> you advertise us better I, than we advertise ourselves. I know. <laughs> wow. I know. Yeah, we need, we need to Thank just clip so that and play it at the end of every episode. <laughs> hey, feel free. Right. Feel free. <laughs> well, I mean, the it, crazy thing is, you're you're absolutely right because we have what sixty five thousand subscribers now. One dollar from everybody that all of a sudden we're making a crazy amount of money. <laughs> like it's insane. That's what it is, when you man. Think of it like that. You know, if there's, I, I, I talked to Steve recently about this. We did a call to yep. t- talk through Patreon, talk through uh, podcasts and some stuff, and it's like I. The, in, earlier in this episode, I said, at events, I'm always about introduce myself, meet new people, try to be cool, all that stuff. It's the same thing when it comes to all this. There was no reason to hold back information. Yeah. A, a rising tide helps all ships. We need to live with that. And I think the, the biggest thing for me is Patreon is the game changer. Patreon is the thing that allows the audience and us to grow together as one. And the, the more that they can help, the more that they can be there. It is only going to allow you guys to create the, your visions the way you see them in your head. And that means that they're only going to get better content. It's just like such an amazing, amazing thing. And I'm so happy that I got to live through the time of Patreon. So, guys, nice. do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we are trying. And I definitely appreciate your help. There's a lot of stuff coming as a result of that conversation we had uh, recently. So, I'm excited to be able to share that with our patrons real soon. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming uh, that I think by next week we'll be talking about some of it. Okay, good. Really sorry, sorry if I just oh, no, no, no. something else. Oh, no, no, no. We've mentioned all good. Not at all. We've mentioned, yeah, I've mentioned that you've helped us with our Patreon uh, before on the show. It's just uh, we haven't we haven't spilled the specific info. You didn't spoil anything. Trust my me. My bad. My bad. But hey, no, support them. Good. Cool stuff's happening. They're car- the more money that comes in, they get to do dope stuff. These guys want to do dope stuff. So help them do it. Absolutely. So with that, remember that uh, you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can watch this show, Today's News Night Live, for as little as $5 a month. You can join our community Discord for $1 a month. There's a bunch of other stuff on there. Just go to the page, check it out. If you like what you see, uh, feel free to contribute. We appreciate you, even if you don't. Uh, if you just like and subscribe, 
we we just any bit of support even just telling people we're here that we exist we we appreciate you nonetheless so uh that's about all we've got for tonight so if you liked this video like i said be sure to subscribe to us here at good vibes gaming for more good times like these and until next time good night and good vibes bye Bye, everyone. everyone good night everybody